Picard himself asked that question. Yeah. Uh, Beverly, the accent. Yeah. He studied in London. He never shook it. Oh, okay. I'm sitting there going, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because it's like, I'm sorry, accents aren't genetic. Nothing to do with the story, but just little touches like that. Yeah. It just makes it better. I am very proud of the fact that I and uh, Nimoy and Shatner are all Aries late March babies. Oh, Our yeah. birthdays are all very close. Um, I hope I'm not as arrogant and dickish as Shatner was, because I think he matured and grew out of that. And I'd be honored to be like Nimoy, who I told you my Nimoy story, right? I don't think he did. Let's hear it. <laughs> this I is the week for Sh- it. I don't have a Shatner story. Um, Yet. Yeah, that's true. My brother famously. Well, yeah, he kind of did have a Shatner story. But yeah, I told you about story. that one. That's his yeah. his real serious brush with I can't even deal with a mm-hmm. celebrity. But in my case, uh, this goes back to the bookstore in L.A. Again, folks, if you want to have your celeb- endless celebrity sighting stories, just live in L.A. I mean, this is all it is. You go to Ralph's. And it's like, oh, famous person buying yogurt. Well, how you doing? Uh, in this case, I was working at the Brentano's in Century City, and uh, I had a flu, actually. It wasn't even a cold. I, I did not feel good, but I needed the money. And I'm just behind the cashier, and uh, Leonard Nimoy is my next customer. And he goes, you sound terrible. <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, you know, I'm kind of sick. And he goes, what are you taking for it? <laughs> Like we had this conversation that, I mean, and of course I'm on the inside going, I cannot believe I'm talking to Leonard Nimoy, but it was just a normal conversation. I didn't bring up Star Trek ever, but he was so genuinely concerned, got me right there in the heart. That's so cool. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, just over the counter stuff. That's all I do. He goes, okay. He goes, I know this is flaky. Some of the new agey things, but he goes, the echinacea, a lot of the herbal things, this is what you... And I was like going, I'm getting medical advice from Mr. Spock. <laughs> so um, he was into the, into the herbal stuff. Huh? Well, he was just saying like, you know, the, there are other things you could be taking, which you probably haven't considered. And they work for me. So I was like, oh, I will. I'll look into that. Thanks a lot. And he goes, I hope you feel better. I was like, thank you so much. So I had a very human interaction with him. <laughs> That's and wild. Years, uh, just a couple years before. Uh, when I was in San Francisco, I had almost the exact same conversation with Scott Thompson of uh, New Kids. Uh, new Kids. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> New, new kids, kids, in the kids in the Hall. Yeah. <laughs> which I'm a huge fan of as well. Yeah. I mean, not perhaps to the level of Nimoy, but I was at work and I was sick. And Scott Thompson, who no one was bothering, you know, and it was very cool, but he just goes, oh, you are sick. I was like, yeah, what are you taking? So <laughs> I've, had, I've had two celebrities worried about my health uh, and both very, very cool, nice people. So there you <laughs> go. Crazy. But anyway, I, I love both of them, regardless of whatever they were like on set, because they're icons. And I'm a Trek fan from the drop, from the get go. Mm-hmm. I do get into those nerd you know, arguments and I'm sure, or not arguments, debates. You probably do too. 
Like, are you an original series guy, a next gen guy? Are you some outlier where you're like, no, actually enterprise. That's my favorite. I, I don't choose favorites. I, I've been watching Trek since I was a little kid. My dad got me into it. He, my dad was, as I t- would love the, I mean, I love the idea that your dad, you know, yeah. Well, he was never just sitting there going like, I just, yeah. I like it. I well, here's it. why he here's why he loved it. It was because it it offered this vision of what he thought the future would be. My dad had had almost H.G. Wells esque you know visions of what the future was going to be like. You know, right. not quite to the social utopia extremes that the H.G. Wells was was uh, was into. But he did see some sort of ideal. He what dad really that was one of his missions as a scientist was to make the world a better place for everybody. Oh my god, he was, he was passionate about that stuff. I so when he this, the, the, he was really into Gene Roddenberry's vision. Now mm-hmm. I, I say that he he wasn't anywhere like a nerd about the show. He didn't know who Gene Roddenberry was. Yeah. He didn't, you know, he, he wasn't, he's, he's not going to have, he wouldn't be, uh, he would, he would probably lose, lose his, his uh, patience with, with the conversations <laughs> that we have about <laughs> the degree of nerdiness, but he loved track. He, he, he introduced it to me when I was a little kid. He said, look, this is what things might, might be like in the, in the not too distant future where we've got, we've got people traveling uh, outer space to other planets. And there's people from different races working, different countries working together on the same, command yeah. bridge and and he pointed out that was one of the things he pointed out to me look there's there's you know, there's a she's people, from africa there's a russian, he's there's from a, russia yeah. and you've got yeah. a, a scott in the engine room if you know exactly. what i mean yeah. but yeah i mean the fact that there was a russian and and a, and a black person yeah you know together on the same crew was was a big deal back then and some dude with fucked up ears i have no <laughs> idea what that was about <laughs> yeah so but then then i i you know i watched trek was in a uh syndication back when we were kids in the 70s so it would oh, be on also, channel 26 or something yes and yeah. i was about I, this i talked uh talked with john about just because i i think such things are local but also of their day like post vi- you know video boom and everyone having box sets of dvds and whatever but do you remember the the 24-hour Star Trek-a-thon they would do in Houston once oh, a yeah. year? I was about to bring that up, yeah. Oh, there that's, you go. That's where I, I got, you know, a lot of the, my first, you know, a lot of those episodes the first time I saw them, it, you know. Yeah, once a absolutely. year, once yeah. a year. And it was usually around summer because I knew that it'd be kids as, you know, well. Man, did you ever make it all the way through? Probably not. No, I mean it's, even now I'm, I, I say I'm, you know, I'm not as as deep as deep a Trek nerd as you might believe based on what I just said. There's still plenty of episodes, even from the original series, I still haven't seen. Oh, really? Know? Okay. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I may I may have seen all of them once or twice, but I probably don't remember. You know, I, I mean, I, sometimes I'm reading through episode synopses. Is that how you say it? synopses? <laughs> synopses. Uh, yeah. No, I think that's the plural. Synopses. synopses. And there's some episodes I'm like, oh, I don't think I've seen that one. <laughs> I don't well, I mean, that. to be fair, at the end of the day, all of these things are TV shows that had to spit out a certain amount of episodes. And you're going to get a good show is considered one that has a high ratio of good episodes because Trek has plenty of bad episodes. Trek. Uh, and so does next gen next gen lasted oh, God, longer yes. yeah. and had those same like 23 episode seasons or close to 30 episode seasons. And you're like, Jesus, there's going to be a lot of filler, you know, it's going to be great. And then there's yeah. going to be a lot. You're like on, Oh, we could have avoided this altogether. Oh, 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 oh it's this one. So <laughs> I, I mean, I love Trek, but I'm not a guy who sits there and, picks apart every script and goes look at how genius all of this is because no there's a lot it's a cheesy tv show there's quite that a bit has of moments yeah. of 
of real high quality. So I love them all. I always would pass out around three in the morning doing the 24 hour trek and wake up around six. So it was usually about three hours where I missed some episodes, but it was almost always right around the time they got to uh, the one about Spock's brain where Spock's brain is literally (laughs) thing. And it's always like, and they, I think they did program like that. Start putting the really, really lame ones on late uh and then i almost always woke up to like devil in the dark which is the one with the horda where he communicates spot mind melds with the big rock i like that one. Oh, yeah. it's a really good episode yeah. um and john and i having done the coal shack the night stalker podcast we're like oh my god i totally forgot one of the night stalker episodes is a full rip of that i mean it's the same plot except for no mind meld the children Oh, okay. In Kolchak the Night Stalker, they dig down, making some underground complex, and they've disturbed some prehistoric creatures protecting its eggs. And you're like, oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, they just ripped it. That Both of those, the, the Spock's Brain and the Horta episode, remind me of this when I was working at uh, this video production company I was working for in the early 90s. They had a, uh, one of the earliest Windows PCs there. That, oh. I can't remember what we used it for. I like it rarely ever used it. It was basically just sitting there with the use it as a prop. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it was there for some reason, but, but, uh, I, I went out, it wasn't my computer. It was just in the office, but I went out and bought the star Trek, uh, screensaver just so oh. I could run it on this PC. It was actually really neat. They had these little, really obscure little animated bits. It wasn't actual still the movie. These were little animated things that they did. So there was I this, had the same just wandering in, you know, randomly. So, you know, Spock, sorry, Spock from Spock's brain comes, <laughs> comes shuffling on the screen at one point. His brain is gone. The Horda uh, moves across the screen and it's, it, I would sit there as I was working, I would, Allow myself to get distracted by it. Yeah, I had I had that same one. Pain. I also had the Monty Python um, oh, cool. uh screensaver thing where yeah. random like the foot would come down or yes. a Terry Gilliam animation just pop up. No, I, I again I, I love this stuff. Uh when I was a kid, Mego, which is the doll company, I showed you the the new Mego retro mm-hmm. superman doll right uh and yeah f- because they're in cloth suits and they're tallish i will continue to call them dolls and not action figures okay anyway i had um uh, their uh kirk and spock from the 70s when i was a kid and man that was awesome i always wanted the enterprise set uh the they had the bridge and it had this little the teleporter oh the, yeah the transporter and it would you would spin it yeah, and it would the dolls here and it would spin and then it would hide them. So then yes. it was like and I was, I was like, oh, I want that. Oh, so and one of my friends must have had that because I or maybe yeah, it's a friend of commercial. It sounds like that is ringing a really loud bell in my nerdy Ding, brain. ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> Good so, reaction so, shot. Yeah. That, should be, that, that should be your um, little author yeah. photo thing for, <laughs> Wait, for YouTube. Wait, <laughs> it's not you're one digging, of these. You're digging. Oh damn it! This isn't it. I was trying to dig, dig up the 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 Power Records uh, Star Trek. Oh one. yeah! Did you ever give those a listen? No, I, my turntable is still broken. Oh, someday. Hear that, listeners? Oh, wait, well, here they are. Here they are. Here they are. Help, they are. Yeah. Chad. There, there you go. Fix his turntable. Yeah, both. 
<laughs> it's in yeah. both, both, <laughs> both covers. He's going, uh-huh. are going, ah, God. God ah, damn this job. Ah, either that or he may suffer from migraines. And at which point <laughs> um, Spock goes, what are you taking for that? And then it becomes a whole thing. So, so you, you, uh, and we're talking about the, the other shows when next generation came out, I was actually very skeptical of it first and I didn't watch it really for the first couple of seasons. It was you, What? it was you who got me into it. And you, you, I don't know if you remember, there was one of the, one of the many TV marathon sessions that we had back in those days. Yeah. Yeah was watching you you getting me caught up on next generation track which that's tough because if you were two seasons out yeah because it was just yeah. starting to get good around then i think um well i will say like everything else the first season of any show even classic shows you're like they're finding their way like i during the pandemic i did lots of rewatches of shows just because what else am i going to do so i rewatched the office i rewatched parks and rec a lot of comedies because i wanted to enjoy that Seinfeld and so forth. And you're like every great show. It's like that first season's wonky there. It almost never great right off the bat. X-Files wonky first season. What are we doing here? We're not quite sure. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you know, kind of a rocky first season. And then they just crystallize. They figure it out, which is why Exactly. Uh, which is why Fox really should have stopped their whole thing of canceling good shows that could have been great shows after one season, like Firefly and things like that. Mm. But anyway, so, yeah, I remember when it premiered, I was still in high school. I think it was my senior year because it wasn't 87. Yes. And I was at my girlfriend's house and I remember the first episode it was like she was okay with watching it you know it was me going there's a new star trek and there had been like that press buildup. you know there had been uh interviews on entertainment tonight and there had been magazine articles about meet your new uh, crew and this is a bald yeah. british guy is your new captain i'm like yeah okay great right um but i remember watching that first episode and thinking oh this is great i mean i just loved it from the from the get-go because they were moving the story forward. Now it's all about prequels and nonsense, but I love the idea of like, here's what happened after Kirk and all that. And I thought the effects were pretty amazing for the time for TV, especially for TV. Yeah. yeah. I thought the new ship looked great. I was fully on board. I thought data was an interesting character and I was glad to see Worf. like, Ooh, the Klingons, they've worked out some sort of peace agreement. Now they're in the Federation. Oh my God. Yeah, but I, I, I actually said it just like that. Too. <laughs> oh my god! I was just as skeptical. I remember when when it reminded me thinking about it now reminds me of when when Saturday Night Live switched over, like when the original cast finally oh, left yeah. and they, they introduced yeah. the first new cast with Joe Piscopo. And I remember them showing the first cast fo- cast fo- wasn't even really photo. It was like a yeah, like a video portrait of them kind of Charles standing there and posing. Denny yeah, and Dillon. I, and I remember what? looking at those the, these people. I didn't. Why am I supposed to care about these people? I have no idea who they are. Saturday Night Live, the next generation's premiere, Saturday, November fifteenth. They might not be funny. I kind of felt the same way about about Trek Next Generation. Yeah, of course. It's like, just you're, the, you're used to a classic version, and yeah. and to your mind, I'm sorry that that is what I want. Thank you. I want the guys I'm familiar with, but things should be allowed to grow, uh, which is why 
John always gets on my ass about uh, how much of a stickler I am for when they do a DC movie or something. And I'm like, well, that's not my Superman. He's like, well, yeah, but the character's been around for 80 years, 80 plus, and he continues to change and evolve and grow. It's like, you know, he's married now. He has a kid now. And it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need the core to remain true. Right. But that's different because that is one character being reinterpreted as opposed to them just coming in and giving us a new Superman new, and saying, right. like, here's the new guy who took over. Clark went away and, and he's fine. Don't worry. But mm-hmm. now here's the new guy. And what's interesting that we've we've had uh, some of that in Star Trek. We've had classic roles get recast. Yes. Know? Yeah. So it's uh, the I, reboot. I never... Yeah. Which we won't talk about today. Um started strong anyway <laughs> yeah um then, yeah. Then, and also in strange new worlds they're they're doing we've already gotten a new kirk in that one man <sighs> again i have problems with that casting and i main, one of the main problems i have with that and i love strange new worlds it is great yeah but one of the main problems i have with that is like i don't like the idea of kirk being so integral to early pike and all that i always liked the way they do it in the classic show, which is Spock is the real Pike friend and he's breaking rules to help his old friend. And I think I liked it better where Spock, I mean, Kirk was aware of Pike, but hadn't been on the enterprise until he took it over. So he's like, all right, I'm going to trust you, Mr. Spock, because we have to work together. Mm -hmm. But this thing with Strange New Worlds where literally, you know, there's his brother is on the Enterprise. And now here's Jim and he's hanging out. I'm like, stop it. Yeah, yeah. Stop you're get, it. getting a little out of control there. I, yeah. I, I will say I like, I mean, we've talked about this briefly before. I, I, I like, uh, uh, what's the guy who plays uh, Pike? Um, Anson Mount. Anson Mount as Pike is is wonderful. And, that, and he, he's a different not exactly, kind of character. That's different what I kind like. of character. When I, and I think it works because mm-hmm. we didn't get a whole lot of the original Pike. You know, there's like yeah. <laughs> two episodes or, or one pilot and then uh, and then him and, in a and, chair. Yeah. And then another <laughs> actor. It's not even the same actor. Yeah. yeah. It's like. So, yeah. So and then I, I don't know the actor's name who plays uh, Spock in, in the show either, but he's he's good. Oh, yeah. And he, he does enough of a respectful sort of. He doesn't look anything like of, him, of Nemo- but no. he's capturing the character. Well. He's not. Yeah, he hasn't really changed the, the character that dramatically uh, at all, really. So it's it's except it's for not, he gets down and dirty. Except we get him see it. Yeah, just like in the oh. movies. Yeah, <laughs> that guy's hitting some tapau like you. In fact, tapau is the sound it makes. Tapau. <laughs> <laughs> that that uh the guy who played Kirk. That's the only casting I kind of took issue with. This he doesn't. Okay, it doesn't look like Kirk. I can let that go, but he doesn't really act like him either. It doesn't I, at all yeah, seem it's, like the same a, character. It's weird. This guy that they cast, kind of tall and wiry, and you're like, well, okay, that's yeah. not right. Because Kirk is a, is a fire plug. I mean, he's <laughs> yeah. fit, but he's not crazy tall. Hmm. And, I, you know, me, I'm sitting there going like, isn't Kirk kind of sandy blonde hair, kind of brown blonde? And they didn't even bother with that. He's just a brunette. And I'm like, why do? Why are we just accepting this guy as Jim Kirk? <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't have any at all the same kind of. You I know, mean, the attitude I, or it's anything. tough. I will say, I feel bad for anyone that ever gets cast as a replacement person. I mm-hmm. felt really bad for talk about a name I can't remember. Uh, you know, in Solo, 
Yes, that's exactly where my head went just now. Uh, and I thought he did a really good job. It's he, just uh, he it's did just, as good of a job I think as anybody could have done, and he actually right. did try to to f- use some of uh, Harrison's a lot of the physicality and a lot of the um, yeah. the reaction stuff because he yeah. must have studied and studied. It's like yeah. this is the way Harrison Ford reacts to, you know, it's like he'll whatever the the weird facial mannerisms. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. One thing he did a couple of times, and it was like that sort of. Thing, thing yeah, that, yeah. That 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 Harrison Ford does when when uh, Leia's pissed off at him and Empire yeah. Strikes Back. Like. Also, in the <laughs> tense moments, it's not just like I gotta do. There's always kind of like a oh my god, are you serious? Like because I love how human Harrison Ford heroes always are. Right. It's not like they immediately snap into action because they've got it. Instead, it's like okay, I guess, you know, it's always like, oh shit, if this is the way it's gotta be, I always love those reactions. So I thought he did a good job, but heaven help anyone that's stepping into an iconic role that has been, you know, associated with one guy forever. A million people played Sherlock Holmes and people will always debate who was the best Holmes and da da da. But there was never any one people, even Basil Rathbone, who kind of nailed it early on. But people who came later are like, it's okay. No, no audiences were like going, I'm sorry, man. Basil's yeah. my Sherlock. <laughs> it's like, there's a lot of great Sherlock Holmeses. And so, but yeah, I mean, Kirk is one guy is Shatner. So good luck. Anybody. I thought Chris Pine did a fine job. Actually. I, th- I thought so too. Yeah. He did a really good job. That I like rec- the whole cast. Yeah. The whole cast, the recasting on that. Great. And then, you know, it's the story that let them down. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at you, JJ. Oh no, we're jumping <laughs> oh, on JJ. JJ. Again. Which, right, by the anyway. way, that is the most right. the most often downloaded episode of this in the uh, as a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Well, know people, uh, but uh, apparently we're not um, political enough or uh, being daring <laughs> enough because it's not like people going like, "Do you hear what those guys said?" <laughs> I don't think we have hot takes, Chad. We got to work on how hot our takes yeah, are. Yeah, we got room temperature takes. We <laughs> They're comfy, comfy yeah, takes. Comfy, comfy takes. <laughs> but anyway, so, so we're talking Trek because probably you're going to segue into Picard. We could keep talking about all the other Trek series all day long. But yeah, we're here to talk about season Actually, three. Actually, we can't because three. you know what? I gave up so early on most of the other spinoffs. Not that they were really bad, but... Deep Space Nine, I always start over and then am so bored by season three that I never finish. And my friends are always like going, but season four is where the Dominion War starts. You got us. Worf hasn't even shown up yet. I'm like, yeah, but I was so bored. Yeah. And they're like, just start there. Okay. I was kind of there with you. I'm I'm kind of a... uh... I'm happy to see that Deep Space Nine kind of has a cult following now, in a sense that it's. Oh no! Some it people think it's, it's the best it Trek because really, it yeah. has big storylines that Trek never did, but it it's it does kick in after the season I give up on. Well, it was funny. Like I always associate they, they didn't do so well. This is what it, all the the series that followed uh, Next Generation had kind of shitty opening themes. Oh, and it, like Deep Space Nine wasn't bad, but it was just like kind of they they do all these swooping shots of you know it's, instead of having a, a starship yeah, shooting through just, space, you've got a space right. station just sitting there. So they're like, oh, dude, blah, it blah, rotates blah, blah, blah. though. It yeah. rotates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then the um, Voyager, which is is about a, sh- a ship traveling home, but it's a ba 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 ba. No, the thing is, Ugh. Enterprise. Enterprise is will always be the that's worst. the worst. Oh my god! I'm going to the stars. I'm. You can't keep me down. I'm going to fly. That I was, mean, oh. I don't even know. I'm not anywhere near it. But that's the quality of it. That that is definitely where they jumped the shark as far as theme music was concerned. I don't want lyrics. Uh, I don't mind if it's set in the past that you're trying to emulate sort of rock something, but that ain't the way to do it. Moving right along. We are now pretty much smack dab in the middle of <clears throat> season three of Picard, which I have to say is living up to the uh, pre-release hype that I that I heard. Robert Meyer Burnett, who who was a huge detractor, like as I was of the first two seasons, he he put himself out on a, on a limb, saying, "Oh, this trust me, this one's really good." And and so far, e- even the most cynical of of Trek uh, critics, including the guys at Red Letter Media, have been singing this season's praises. So fascinating. This and, last and episode, I, especially, I enjoyed season one and two. I know I you got your problems with it. I didn't think they were amazing, but I just was like, oh. I'm all for elderly Picard adventures. This is fine. But this season is like, it's better than most of the movies. It really uh, is. And it's, it is exactly giving me everything I want. Mm-hmm. It's not just fan service. I mean, there is of course, lots of things, lots of drop ins and hints and whatever. And you're like, Oh, I know what that's from, but it's mainly just a uh, continuation. And, and it's not just people, there are plenty of scenes of like, Hey, I haven't seen you in a long time. Can I get a hug? But there's also character conflict that you want. There's new dynamics and the introduction of characters that hadn't been part of that cast. So I do love the fact that we had season one and two because seven of nine is now part of the Picard story. That's not her ship. That's not that old thing. But she's great and a great addition. Um, and we got in this season already uh, like a wrap up for for Roe. I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? Chad, are you kidding me with that? I'm not. I, I totally did that right as one there. of many things I did not see coming. Was no, me Anson either. Roe. Yeah. No. And uh, oh, she ain't no ends and no well, more. Well, not Anson anymore. Well, mm-hmm. But yeah, calling her ends in row is just, that's what you want to say. And that stuff's great. And the character of Rafi, who, you know, from the first couple seasons. So it, it basically is all the people you wanted to see. And then we also, of course, have these new, newish characters that you've already gotten to know. It's like a, just a huge party. Well, and they're, they're, the next episode, I think, is them just sitting around eating ice cream and yeah. and uh, drinking some nice wine. Yeah, because they've earned wine it. Wine and ice point. cream. Yeah. But one of the things that this season has done repeatedly, and it, it always amazes me, is that they the writing is so good mm. in this one. And in that th- there literally are. Not literally, but they're they're you know like the sense of crossing the T's and dotting the I's. There, it's oh, yeah. it's very well thought out and thoughtful thoughtful meaning that they're, they're i think terry metallis wrote most of it he's like predicting the, the nitpicky questions that people will have yes and yeah. they literally address them in the dialogue 
this has happened several times now. There was the the fact, you know, when, when Jack Crusher is initially introduced and he's got a British accent, but he yes. didn't grow up with his dad. He's like, like, oh, wait. well, that's convenient. He's got an English accent. Picard himself asked that question. Yeah. Uh, Beverly, the accent. Yeah. He studied in London. He never shook it. Oh, okay. I'm sitting there going, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because it's like, I'm sorry, accents aren't genetic. Nothing to do with the story, but just little touches like that. Yeah. It just makes it better. Uh, the other thing, too, that this was also a, a line that Jack Crusher had. It was later, a couple episodes later, when they have to power down all the systems on the ship to right. uh, all essential systems has to be shut down. And then Picard and Jack are in the in the in the the holodeck, you know, at a bar. And I'm like, is that an essential system, the holodeck? And then Jack asks the question, "Did are we there's... supposed to be powering things down right now?" And they have the explanation for that too. I was like, but that explanation I thought was both brilliant and so grim. It's like yeah, it has yeah. its own backup thing because in times when the ship is possibly going to blow up, it, it is like a, a haven. For people mm-hmm. to go and hang out somewhere safe when the ship is being blown apart. And I'm like, yeah. that's grim as fuck. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, it's like, you know, um, the band playing on the Titanic. So that's why this is still up and running. And I did like that explanation. You're right. right. It is thoughtful. It is also, it is just very meticulously put together. And I do think it is because they're anticipating even though patrick stewart's like man if it continues to be this good you know sign me up for more and i'm like oh okay slow your roll grandpa you are awesome still (laughs) but you're approaching 90 so let's let's be realistic so they're anticipating this being the end you know the last go round of these people as a group and with that leader and so they are they're taking the time that you wish they had put that kind of thought into generations. It's like, if this is our last go around with Kirk, maybe let's not have him fall off a rusty bridge and hit some rocks and die. <laughs> maybe that's not how Kirk should go out. Yeah, but it was fun. Oh, sure. The line's great. No, I, I totally agree with you. It's like, but- and, and the, they themselves later on, the producers are like, yeah, I don't know why we didn't have him on board a ship. <laughs> Most illogical. It's like, yeah. I don't know why he wasn't it's in like, the captain's it, chair. It's, it's like, like they chose to, they, they chose to kill him off in a really, really low budget episode of the, of the actual show. That's what is, it felt like. Yeah. And also they were also, I think in their brains, let's give him the action hero beats of like, he's literally throwing punches and stuff. I'm like going, yeah, well, Shatner at that age, Shatner still to this day, amazing energy for a guy of his age. And, and, but you know, chunky dude out there throwing punches at Malcolm McDowell, speaking of Malcolm McDowell from last week, uh, you're like, yeah, that's not working for anybody. That's not giving us Kirk that we want. It's like, I don't want to see Chunky Kirk on a horse. I'm sure he's like going, I'll come back, but I get to ride a horse. That might be the title of the episode. Yeah. Ch- Chunky Kirk on a horse. <laughs> Which is uh, the name of a particular kind of salsa that I've been putting together. I, I'm going to start marketing Chunky Kirk on a horse. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, and speaking of Easter eggs and all this stuff, um, and, and Kirk, 
That, that mm-hmm. was one of. Did you catch this that moment in the most recent episode? I did not. I and I know that the Daystrom Institute scene, as well as the the ship museum scene, both of them I know had to be just ridiculously full of Easter eggs. But I didn't catch that. I of course knew that the the physical body thing that was being stolen, obviously I'm like, yeah, that's Picard. Mm -hmm. And they do the, the Tribble, the genetically modified Tribble. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. I'm like, yeah, Yeah, all the stuff with data where it's Lord data before, um, sung all the personalities. And I'm like, yeah. yeah." And, what a treat that was for Brent Spiner. He's like, oh, oh my this God. is great. I get to just shift from one to the other, to the other, to the other. Great. That was amazing. Um, not, only, not only was that moment just, just I did not, I knew that Brent Spiner was coming back and, and the trailers led us to believe that it was going to be lore. Yes. From, just from his expression, the expression on his face when we see him briefly in, the, in that. And we do have lore. I mean, lore is in there. But I was not expecting him to do, to do data again. Because Me we've either. data twice now. Twice. Yeah. So, and I love that Picard goes, I have watched this man and die, die twice. twice. Again, the writer's going, I see you. Yeah. So, and but the, the, again, this whole thing of having data back in, in a golem body, the same kind of uh, positronic body, whatever that, that, that Picard is in now. Yeah. Was a question I was asking at the end of season one. I was like, why don't they just put data in one of these bodies? And plus, I, I didn't buy the whole thing. I, I didn't like them bringing data back just to kill him again. I thought that was a really cheap shot. Against our emotions, uh, I kind of saw it. I didn't think it was in his character. Data is is mm. pure curiosity. Yeah, he. I don't think he would want. I want to see what dying's like. No, you want you want to get out of this computer and into a body like like Picard has. They, that just didn't make any sense. Well, they've so done it. The exactly, and they exactly. came up with a good ex, excuse yeah. for why he's old. Yeah, and yeah. it's and basically song going like they set well, it up. Yeah, it's not just the wisdom that he accumulated through knowing humans. I, it's like there's something about a physical decline. There's something about a real aging form. It's like that that will also be information for him. Yeah. He, it's yeah. like it yeah. is like I'm curious about what dying is like. It's I'm curious to know what aging is like r- winding down consecutively with my human friends. Come on. Yeah. So, so that's I, great. They did. I mean, again, to see it to be fair in season one, they did kind of a try to dress it in that, in that, uh, that, con- that sentiment that he was, he wanted to see, I want to experience death is basically what his character was saying yes. in the moment. That, that idea just conflicts with the character of data himself because he, he wants, he wants to learn an experience and, and you can't do that if you're dead. So but it just, they it may didn't have really had all this in mind at the beginning. I mean, true, I true, will true. say that they Maybe. supposedly kind of plotted these three seasons out all together michael shaban you well, know was in that writer's terry, room and yeah terry metallis did write i think at least the first episode of each of the first two seasons mm. but clearly he should have been I, I think he should have had the reins to the to the show running anyway from the get-go he's he just has a you much think better he's sense. the dave filoni of trek yeah i think he is now um he, he's he's he really does seem to have a really solid grip of of these well, characters if it continues to be this good but the one thing I want, and you've heard me say it before, stop with the motherfucking prequels, man. Move yeah. forward. Move forward, yeah. Oh, drives yeah. me nuts. That that scene with Data, I, I that again totally caught me off guard because I was not expecting to see Data in this season. And to have that moment where he you say, Oh, I thought it was Lord. And because it is Lord, it's Lord and B4 and Sung, the original Sung, are all in this this brain. 
But the first character we talk to is Data. He wakes up, and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm already losing it. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. He's, he's going to look at Kirk and say, Captain. And he you looks at Picard. Kirk and he says, Captain. Sorry, look, sorry. Yes, thank you. God. <laughs> he's going to look at Picard and say, and you look and at Kirk and go, as Captain. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> what are you doing, here, Kirk? Yeah. He, he looks at looks at Captain mm-hmm. Picard, looks at Admiral Picard, and says, addresses him as Captain. And I just started bawling. I'm like, no, oh my god, yeah, oh my god, that was that was inc- absolutely incredible. What I was going to say is, this whole season's been good, and we knew that things would, and they did a very good job of building, you know, mm-hmm. one to one to one. Like this episode, we get a little bit of this. I did predict Worf, by the way. I did predict Worf as being Rafi's handler. Oh, okay, I, I I was like going. Uh, the female voice thing, the female automatic voice. I'm like, that's a disguise. And who else would be running, you know, like special spy ops would be our our main man. I was like, yeah, it's going to be Worf. It's going to be cool. And it was Worf. Yeah, it was right. But they, they've just been seeding. And then they get to this this episode. What was it? Five? No, four? The most recent one? Uh, the most recent one was six, I think. Oh, the six. Bounty? Okay. Yes, the bounty. Okay, yeah. that was number six. But basically, that episode was almost too much because I was like, it was body blows, body blow, body blow, body blow, body blows, and in mm. a good way. I mean, it, if it had just been an episode where Jordy finally shows up, which I was so you know happy for, and I like how kind of a not badass, but just bureaucratic, like dude. I will turn you motherfuckers in and that kind of stuff. I'm like, wow, that's not as chummy as we all hoped, but it gets there. And his daughter's great because we already knew the one and the other one who's actually his daughter, his real daughter, his real daughter. Uh, that was great. And their dynamic. And then Jack Crusher hitting on both of them. That's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> it's a I mean, nice, nice uh, tie into I mean, nice attention to detail that the, the names they use for his daughters are the names that were mentioned in the last episode of the next generation. Oh, episode. really? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I didn't even make that. Connection. Yeah. Yeah. So that all, if that had been what was added to that episode, that'd be great. They go to the ship museum and it's, even though that is a cheesy way to do it with seven, just quizzing Jack Crusher, the guy who doesn't want anything to do with star Trek because of his father, but She's sitting there going, and that ship? Which one is that? That's goofy, but everyone in the audience wants to go to that museum. So they're going like, oh, and he goes, oh, that's Kirk's Enterprise. You think I don't know that? I'm like, oh, and then the bounty itself. And they're like, finally, tell us what happened with the goddamn bird of prey. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, brought back the whales and all that. He's like we know all these stories because it's historic Starfleet stuff. Yeah, I love that. That's the first thing he says. Oh yeah. The whales. Like, <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. And so you, of course that is, and then of course gets to the Voyager, which I don't believe that he would not know. I know it was also, she could say, well, that's a Voyager. It's the one that went farther than any of them. And that was my home. I'm like, you would know the Voyager. That's huge. That'd be like the Titanic coming back and everyone going like, Wow, it finally docked. Yeah, I, um, I could see him like missing that 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 on the news or something. Yeah, you know, maybe, the yeah, zone, you know, I don't know. But that that was a nice because that is the whole idea of that of that music, the, the fleet museum is such a fan servicey idea. And I thought I thought when they showed up there, like you know, they're on the run and people are looking for the Titans. I thought, oh, they're going to take one of these old ships, you know, and it's going to be like total fan service. They're going to they're going to take the like a recreation of the their of uh, Picard's Enterprise or something like that or the original enterprise or something and just run off with one of these uh, museum ships. 
But no, stealing the they cloaking just take, device. They just take the cloaking device from one of the gold ships, which was a nice touch. And it was, yeah, it was a nice sort of understated way to use that in, in a, you know, And I like that way. the um, the effect of the cloaking, they actually start it from inside, which you've never seen before. It's like, oh, that's weird. But it's the same effect. I, I thought it was like they didn't jazz it up. They're like, no. This is what cloaking has looked like since those movies. So they do it exactly the same. And I'm like, oh, cloaking device. Yeah. I sang that at the TV. <laughs> Alexa did not understand what I was singing. <laughs> ah, cloaking device. Uh, I need to work on the bridge. But anyway, so um, I need oh, to work no on the bridge. Intended. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> so I loved all that. Then Daystrom. And when you get to Daystrom, Again, it is. It's all this stuff I'm sure I'm missing in the background where they just Easter like did time, that. Yeah. And apparently it's Kirk's body, right? That's. Well, yeah. Then I had to rewind it remains. back a couple of times because I, I, I was like, what? Because it's kind of hard to make out on the screen unless you're like up really close to the t- to the screen. But they but they do they do a little musical cue to, to let you know oh. that, it's, that it's Kirk. And uh, I thought, wait a minute. Was that supposed to be Kirk? And I went around it back again. I was like, oh, it is. And I ran it back wanted one more time back just to make sure I wasn't, you know, getting it wrong now but i kind of want to go back and rewatch oh i think maybe you should okay uh, so but it th- makes me wonder if it probably not i mean that i i wouldn't be surprised if we never see address that again yeah right in this in this season or whatever or but, there'll be a novel that'll be uh written <laughs> in quotes by mr shatner yeah and ghost written by mr fella guy but but we do find out right after that that Picard's body is there too. His, mm-hmm. his actual biological body is held in some kind of storage. So I we don't really see because we see Picard's body literally, but we don't see we see like it's sort of a schematic of Kirk, like his skeleton or something, uh, and a graphic. Uh, so it's not really sure is it is it is his DNA they've stored there. I mean, what is it? Maybe exactly. Well, so, maybe we, that was also their way of saying, are we gonna? try to do a life cast of again chunky 65 year old kirk or whatever from generations yeah or are we just gonna say we got some dna of kirk if we need yeah. to rebuild them at some point and maybe they'll do something with it maybe not but it is another thing like oh of course it also is pretty grim means hey are just, you a famous starfleet captain we're gonna keep your body yeah You'll have yeah. nothing to say about it. I, I there's I'm kind of torn on that. It was just like, oh, it'd be kind of cool if they Of course somehow we see Kirk again, but at the same time enough already. Here's the thing. Well, here's the thing. I here's my prediction. And it's a wide wide swing. So Shatner will not be with us forever, and that hurts. But he will give them permission. I guarantee he'll give them permission because his his ego to use his likeness 10 years from now, not just because of let's give it some space and room, but 10 years from now he'll be gone quite possibly. Uh, We'll have all grieved and the technology will have gotten better and we will fucking have a full on CGI Kirk. But what they'll do is they'll move Kirk into the future. That will be the story will be that Starfleet brings back its greatest captain and we will have a CG Kirk in Starfleet future past Picard and all those people having brand new adventures. I guarantee that's what they'll do. Yeah. And it'll be very fitting that that Star Trek show, the sci-fi 
jewel in the crown would also probably have a science fictiony lead of a character, uh, you know, its lead character is computer generated or they've digitally mapped on an actor who's walking around doing Shatner mannerisms, but they've given him Shatner's face as well. Uh, it'll happen. Yeah, we've seen it. It is that it, it, we've seen proof of concept already in the book of Boba Fett with, uh, with yeah. Luke. And there, there is no rumors. Uh, they're talking about doing a whole Luke Skywalker series. And now. Grand Moff Tarkin in, Tarkin, uh, which in was, Rogue yeah. One. Yeah. Which almost works. Doesn't quite. Luke worked pretty well and then worked better because they hired some guy off the internet who's like, yeah. I could do that better. And then they're they, like, yeah, you can. They need to work on the voice. That was the only part of it I thought was clunky, was the yeah. voice. It sounded yeah. too mechanical. It's funny to me because there are plenty of uh, actors out there who who can do the voices oh, sure. pretty well. So I don't understand why they didn't just. I just I watched a, a documentary on Orson Welles recently that I borrowed from John. It was great. It's called Magician, uh, and it's just the life of Orson Welles. And just as a you know, um, they're talking about his impact, his character, blah blah blah, and they show that scene from uh, Ed Wood which is still great where Ed Wood meets Orson Welles accidentally in a, oh, in yeah, a yeah, yeah. restaurant right. and it's Vincent D'Onofrio is the body that's right, and the that's face right. and he does look perfect. And he studied the mannerisms because the eyebrows, the whole thing, the cigar, the way he's doing it. Perfect. But his voice is the guy from pinky and the brain who did the brain because that guy is a famous Orson Welles impersonator. Uh, and it sounds perfect. So you have the body, the guy who looks right, and then you have the right voice, and it's just lip sync. So they didn't do anything fancy like CG anything, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I bet they do the same thing. They'll find someone who can physically be Kirk. Maybe they'll have someone doing Shatner as an impression, and then the face will be CG. Uh, it sounds like a long way to go. And so, I also yeah. hope that Trek continues to make up new awesome characters because they're good at it. It shouldn't always be. We just have to go back to Kirk, Spock, Bones. And I'm like, I love those guys. Yeah, but, and they've done it in this show. I mean, I love Jack Crusher's great. And I, I hope we get the, get, get more of him. And I, I've heard talk this that, that this one of the things that's revealed towards the end of this season is that it's really obvious that they're setting up the next show, which is going to be exactly what you're talking about, continuing into the future yes. and not going in the past again. And we've got the characters there. We've got the almost the makings of a whole new crew here. With you think with, they'll uh, be setting up another like a uh, Dominion War kind of thing where the uh, extremist changelings are the new bad guys? Possibly, yeah. I I don't really care about that so much. As we just let's get oh, back. Oh, you don't care about track. anything, Chad. Let's, Why let's are we get, even talking? Let's get back in the track and actually have a crew that's out there exploring, but have it be new and not a, a prequel thing again. We've got sure. you know, have Jack Cross join Starfleet. Um, we continue seeing uh, uh, Sydney LaForge and I yeah. her sister's name. She's great. I mean, they're both great. They also, yeah. even though they're not obviously biological real sisters, I thought that they very quickly and and it's the good writing too but they very much were believable yes yeah, absolutely they're back and forth about oh god no 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 absolutely. oh well you would say this blah 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 because i'm like yeah that's yeah, good stuff and that that conversation between sydney and and uh, jordy her dad was 
Mm-hmm. So well written and and totally understandable from his. He's just trying to protect her, and she's getting pissed. I was like, and I, it's it's screenwriting one oh it's <laughs> screenwriting one oh one. But the whole thing of most of the entire Picard, as in seasons one, two, and now three, it is about legacy, yeah. and specifically this season, since he's met his son that he never knew. It's about it's the parent and the child. And what do we do to protect them? Oh, I'm too old to be protected. You've got to let me go and have my own adventure and do blah, 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 blah. It's classic themes. So I was like, yeah, uh, I, I like the awkward dynamic. And I do like seeing Picard being awkward because he's we're so used to him just being like capable and wise always. But here he's like going, I I want to get to know this guy. He's pushing back and I've never had a son. So I don't even know what to say to this guy. And it's great. And then they're sitting there in the bar having like, all right, we won't talk about your childhood or whatever. Let's just, uh, so what's a, a vacation like for you? And blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, I'll tell you about this one girl I met. Yeah. Tell me about that. Blah, blah, blah. Um, because they're both alcoholics. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, go, go, um, yeah. No, I thought all of that was really well done. Yeah, and it just goes back to episode two, which is where I really it really started to hook me when we get the explanation. Because yeah, you you even pointed out when after we saw episode one, like oh, it's been twenty years, exactly long enough for Mm -hmm. Picard to have a son. Because it wasn't, we didn't really find out if it was a son until the next episode, and uh, of course it was. And there's that great scene between Beverly and Picard there where he. They confront you. Know, they have a sort of a confrontation about why she never told him about Jack, and it made sense. They made it somehow. They made that make sense. It made sense, but at the same time, it also allows her. They they did a good thing of where she may be wrong. Her choice may sure. have been the wrong one, but but they're like she's like because he's like, don't you think you should have given me the option? The choice, right. And don't you think you should have given him the, the option? Choice. And then she goes, well, I did when he got old enough, and he did not want to meet you. But it's Chris. still like, she's kind of admitting, she goes, this was how I felt I needed to protect him. They, they, Maybe yeah. it was wrong, sorry. Yeah, and they, they leave it out there. It's like, you can decide. They both have really good points. Jack has a good point. You know, we, 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 I'm we just really later happy. find out he actually did go to see Picard and he kind of changed his mind at the last second. And I, I liked the, the, I mean, the Beverly and Picard thing where they're filling in the years there and giving us a little glimpse into that. That was, again, I, we're just praising the writing a lot, but the, obviously the actors right. sell it because yeah. that, that yeah. crew uh, yeah. and that cast, their chemistry has just, been there from day one and it's still there they're all still friends and they all hang out and you're like that's refreshing so they love hanging out together but that whole thing where it's just like hey we tried we tried several times it's like and of Mm -hmm. course we as next gen you know watchers we never got to see that Mm -hmm. uh and i want to (laughs) (laughs) but we we always speculated and it's like hey it's not like we didn't give it a go because you're like, okay, all right. So they like grown ups. they felt strongly towards each other, but something always got in the way. Something always ruined it. And her thing is that was Starfleet for you. It was like you wanted to keep going. And I kind of wanted to see what it was like to just to live a life. And uh, you could never turn down 
Starfleet, you could never turn down the Enterprise. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. Um, so again, I think they fleshed everything out well while still giving, you know, that's fan service. It's like, oh, I've yeah. always shipped Picard and Crusher. It's like, well, the whole, they gave it yeah. a real go. You can't, you can't have a Picard series without you know the whole idea of us doing this series is fan service. So the trick is just doing it well and meaningfully, yes. and they've done yes. it. That's they true. Fi- they've finally done it. And uh, this is a, just to compare something to something the writing in the last season that the kind of thing that really made me uh, uptight. <laughs> uh, oh, that scene, and this is a, just an example by where they, they try to have character. Arc, they have really good character arcs and character moments in this show, mm-hmm. season three. Whereas opposed to season two, one of, one of those moments where it could have been great, where you've got this this really interesting bond between Allison Pill's um, Gerardi uh, character and yeah. And this sort of bard queen from an alternate universe that they that they've teamed up with, and they're they've become one person. And they're having conversations in their head, and there's that scene at the very I think it's the last episode where Seven has been mortally wounded, and she's lying there bleeding out. And in order to save her, Tirati <laughs> has to have this argument with the queen in her head to talk the queen into because she doesn't have control of the body anymore. It's the queen right. who's in control of the body. It, it was just a really uncomfortable, long drawn out scene. <laughs> Plus with it, the way that they approached this, I understand what they're going for. And it was great to have the queen eventually learn empathy through being, you know, combined with this human intelligence. But th- that, that was the moment. It's like, you've got a chance to save one of your children here. Seven used to be in the collective and she's still kind of, part of it not part of the collective but she's still you know part partially borg she can't right. separate the borgness from her completely and and instead of the queen having this moment of of you know this moment where she realizes oh okay i i, I know what empathy is now i'm going to save her she has to she has to be talked into it by Gerardi's character like hey did you ever hey did you ever think about like not being evil Maybe you could achieve what you want by by not being an asshole. I don't think that's okay. necessarily bad writing, but I I think that's that them. scene. Well, I, I know I kept expecting it, like they, they didn't show seven for a long time. Is like by the time they finish this conversation, she's going to be dead. I was like, would you just come on? <laughs> I, 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 yes, pacing is a thing, but I do think that with a character like that, it could not be a sudden realization. Not with sudden. Poor no. queen, it can't be her going. You're right. Not sudden, but they they tried oh. to cram it into that one scene. That's this, true. This is something that should have been set out through the entire series. You're, that is very true. To the same moment where where the queen, maybe the Gerardi is like her consciousness is not even there. And the queen goes, wait a minute. I have to save her because that's the right thing to do. You know, uh. a moment. You're just a moment where give the character its due. Yes. It's just, just for very simple things like like Han Solo having the turn of turn of uh at the end of the original Star Wars, where yes. he finally comes back to save the day. Yes. That was his decision. Nobody talked him into it. He just decided he was going to do the right thing. So it wasn't like we have a cut to a scene where Chewie goes, <laughs> fine. There, that, no, that's true. That's true. But I'm tired of you yelling. <laughs> but I, I just say that in comparison that this season so far has addressed all those types of concerns for me just beautifully like at, at every turn every time i'm thinking gosh they, they could have done this so much better in the last season they do it better in this season but they have yeah. a moment where like wait a minute what 
what's going on? And they say, it's okay. This is why this is happening. Oh, okay, cool. Let's <laughs> sally forth then. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it, it's, it's almost like an embrace. Sorry, I keep hitting the fucking mic. It's like the, the writers keep almost like breaking the, the fourth wall going, ah, I see you, I, you know, I, I, well, again, hugging it's the audience like, I got you, I got you. It's gonna like be you right. said, they, 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 well, it's not just them anticipating what fans would say. It is also them saying everything we're doing, whether it's emotional beat or, or plot beat, it has to be justified and understandable. So they have done the writer's work of, um, make sure that everything has a basis. Otherwise it will seem like we're just like, wouldn't it be cool if Yeah, it's like, I mean, wouldn't be cool is a way to write things. It's not a good way Mm -hmm. uh, unless the thing that you think would be cool, like you said, has to be established, has to be worked through because otherwise it's just like, I don't know why that happened. It was just neat. Yeah. No, we want everyone to understand why someone says this or why they feel this way. So I think they have done that. And I will say maybe the only problem I have with it so far, and it's not even a problem really because she's not the focal point. She's acting her ass off Amanda Plummer, but until they really reveal what's going on, the villain is just villain is just capital V villain. Yeah. That's, like, that's I right. want to destroy them. Why you'll find out. <laughs> Get me Jack Crusher. Why? Oh, just you wait. Yeah. And that, that is okay. something I'm, I'm like, I'm okay with just because they have given us such good writing for the, mo- the questions we've had so far. By the way, you know, I have a bad theory about that too. Let's hear it. Uh, the Jack the Crusher. Yeah. No, the Jack Crusher we've been watching is not the original Jack Crusher. I'm afraid of that too. I kept thinking he is a. Because of those visions he's having, and he's seeing it through changeling vision, yeah. and I'm like, oh. Plus, in folklore, you know what a changeling is, don't you, Chad? Uh, Gollum. Nope. No, a changeling, changeling is no. uh, elves, fairies steal human babies because um, they want them, and they leave their own warped or uh, unwanted babies behind that then humans raise it was basically right. folklore of way of explaining why kids would end up being bad or or perhaps mental issues they would sit there going like oh well your baby got replaced by a changeling so you got this knockoff so it's a swap out and that's what a changeling is so basically i think jack crusher either the original was killed or the changelings have him and uh, swapped out their spy. He's he's there not knowingly. So he's got all of Jack's memories. Yeah, basically. I think he's like a sleeper agent. Yeah. A changeling sleeper agent, and he doesn't even know. That makes a lot of sense. And that's why he has these visions of him killing the crew while he's in a Starfleet uniform. It's possibly like that's his mission, and probably mm-hmm. it'll be Heritage Day, and that's probably the whole thing. But I think either at the end, there's the real Jack Crusher is fine, or at the end, swap out Changeling Jack Crusher is like, I choose to be Jack Crusher. I don't want to be evil Changeling guy. So his character will not really be Picard and Crusher's son. He will be a Changeling swap out for Picard and Crusher's son. Gosh, if there is another Jack 
that they're going to keep around. They kind of got to introduce him soon. We're, we're- I well, I mean, I think it would be a swap out that would be like, "Hi, I'm the same guy. It's just yeah. I'm not a changeling version." So right. I don't think it would be difficult. Like I was kept in stasis, or or he is dead, and this guy will be like, "I really wish you were my real parents." Yeah. Well, it makes me wonder too. Like the the, the Amanda Palmer's villain. She is a changeling herself, which was made clear in this last episode. But before that, it looked like she just had a changeling attached to her that she had to cut off in order to talk to it, which was weird. Oh, well, I think. But now I think maybe the two changelings kind of blended together in one body. I don't think that's the case. I think because they made the big deal about Crusher saying there's there are new changelings. These are totally different. And they are. So I think the whole chopping off the hand so she can talk to changeling control. I think it's like hive mind. I don't, I don't think that that's literally, she is of two things because she reabsorbs it too. Right. Okay. It's just like in order for her to, it's instead of them having subspace communications, it's like, I need to talk to my boss. Whack. Yeah. Hi, how you doing? I'm your boss. <laughs> it's Jerry Lewis. Hey. <laughs> what are you doing? Nice. Oh, Vladic. Oh, Valdic. I can't. I don't remember your name. Listen, do the thing and kill the crusher. <laughs> I need you to find the crusher. <laughs> Never like Picard. Can you kill Picard too? <laughs> You're a nice lady with the hair. So. <laughs> yeah, we thought of maybe combing back a little because it's all it, it's it's in your face. <laughs> now I love the idea that this, changeling, this could go on for a whole. Oh, hour. it will. <laughs> but I love the idea of the head of the changelings being a Jerry Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Enterprise show and I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we amuse ourselves, Chad. That's the important thing. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, no, don't get me on a Jerry Lewis kick. But <laughs> but I think that's the case with her. And I, I um, that's me just trying to predict how many more episodes. It's only t- four. Uh, oh, is it 10? To okay, do. good. But that, gosh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, um, Oh, well, hmm. just the, the, the changeling concept. I was like, oh, they've never really addressed that as the origin of the name for that species. Yeah. But that, that, it's, it's a good idea. Yeah. But that, the thing you, you brought up of the, the, her cutting off the arm is some kind of oh, that, mind yeah. communication thing. That makes sense, too. And that was a question. I was like, I don't understand what's going on here. But but because the writing at the, up to that point had been so good, I was like, I have faith. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that they're going to explain that at some but point. Also, by, by the way, I also, I love Shaw. Shaw's uh, great. Yeah, he turned out to be great. really great. Yeah, a very layered character. Yeah. But I also love how casually racist everyone is towards changelings. It's because I think Ch- at one point Shaw's like going, I don't know. Then they go back into the goo. They're all, they go in a big vat of goo and they come out and they're all just goo people. And you're like, okay, that's real cool, man. Odo was awesome, so you need to back it up. All right. Yeah, I keep wondering at some point are they going to bring up Odo? Um, well, they have. I mean, he's been on they? screen. Oh, when, that's right. When they, when they looked up changelings, he's okay. the the picture that comes up. Yeah, they are trying to state. Um, it's just like you know, people. This is going to be a weird segue, but um, that Hogwarts Legacy game that came out 
which I haven't played, but I, I do love Harry Potter books and there's all the JK Rowling stuff and I enjoyed the movies and people really see the goblins in that universe as being some sort of anti-Semitic, uh, characters and the game Hogwarts legacy, which came out makes a point of saying, Good goblins, bad goblins, but also they're not Jews. Uh, just the fact that they run the bank in the Harry Potter universe, people go, right, clearly right. they're Jews. Well, no, but the game is like going, they're extremists who do terrible things. There's this terrorist organization, then there's just nice goblins you meet. And with the changelings, it's a similar thing where they're like going, they're trying to make it very clear in Picard, these people, she and her minions and all that, they're not indicative of the changeling race. They are their own thing. Most changelings are welcomed in Starfleet and Odo is, you know, a prime example. He's a very famous one. Um, So it's, it's great because you don't want them painting all of them with the one brush and go, Oh, the changelings are an evil people. That's, you know, shapeshift can't trust those shapeshifters. It's like, well, one of them was really cool. Yeah, just like with Worf, for a long time, the whole yeah. thing was Worf was being held up as an example of, of look, there's a good Klingon, and he's like, actually, most Klingons are honorable and bubble, <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Yeah. You get it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, how badass is Worf? Worf is great. Yeah, I thought I I they got me twice. I thought they killed him, and <laughs> then I was afraid that Riker was on a suicide mission and that that was going to be the end of Riker. Yeah. I, I, I was, both, both of those moments was like, no, so I'm pretty sure they're going to be, they're probably both, I guess maybe somebody might die in the, at the end of the season. I but, could see somebody uh, dying, but, but they're probably all going to make it. I, I would imagine. I hope so. The whole thing with uh Riker and then, and then having Troy as a hostage at the end, I'm like, that's, that's harsh. But I also think they've dumped so much grief I mean, it, I think Picard will be the one who dies. I think that's kind of the whole point is like, Finally. this is his last. But you don't have Riker and Troy's son dying, and then they've got the one daughter left, and then he's going to die. No, they're not going to do that. Right. right. They're going to get their happy ending. What do you think, getting back to the Jack Crusher theory? Yeah. What Do you think there's a possibility that, there never was a real Jack Crusher that maybe he's grown up. I think the only problem with that would be Beverly Crusher herself. So in other words, unless they messed up her mind and she goes, no, I totally remember giving birth to our well, child. Maybe she did, but it was completely their, their, uh, Oh, like they implanted creation. him. Yeah. To trick I don't her think into so. thinking that it was a biological son. I don't think so. I think it would have been a swap out at some point. Either it could have even been during his college years or whatever, when he was just freewheeling around. Or if it was when he was very young, that because she did say, didn't he's always had these nightmares? I think she probably, says that. Probably, yeah. So if that's the case, maybe they did a very early swap out. And because he's one of the next generation, uh, next generation of changelings that because she's his mom and a doctor, she's been giving him medical checkups his whole life and he's always passed as human. So I can only assume that it would have to have been, you know, early. Yeah. Uh, the, the reason I, I, I mentioned that is that I, I'm kind of not 
been, yeah, they could just reveal that the real Jack Crusher was killed, which would be a drag too. Yeah, of course. But it's also, grim- it's, it's going to be awkward at this point. I mean, they could do it. They've got time. You still have half the season to go. But to to reveal that there's a whole other Jack that we're that we need to get to know, and then but there's this other guy that we're already attached to. And it's like, well, what if, what if there is no other kid? <laughs> what if it's just him and he's that the becomes uh, the '90s Spider-Man uh, clone saga? Oh, I'm not familiar with that. That was very controversial. It was a clever idea. That okay, so <laughs> sit back. Late '60s, early '70s, they had um, uh, the Jackal, one of Spider-Man's villains, who was a brilliant, uh, was one of his university. Uh, professors who is a brilliant biochemist or whatever. Um, essentially the whole thing was, uh, Peter Parker sees married. I mean, uh, sees, uh, Gwen Stacy walking around and he knows she's dead and he's like, wait a minute, that can't be Gwen. And then he tracks her down. Turns out she has been cloned that his professor who is secretly the Jackal cloned Gwen Stacy. And then he's like, Oh my God. And there's this big, thing where he fights the jackal um and at one point uh looks like kind of a spider-man's dead thing he's not he's fine da, da, da. he defeats him um the clone of gwen dies heroically again or something and oh no not again so years later they get the idea of like oh now another spider-man shows up and it turns out oh that guy the jackal he created a clone of me and he thinks he's the real spider-man and then they go and they fight and the what made it controversial was that at the end of the fight, uh, the Jackal reveals, he goes, no, the one you think is a clone is the original because I've had his body since that fight years ago. Hmm. You who've been walking around and is currently married to Mary Jane and all that stuff. You've been the clone this whole time. And he's like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> um, and the readers also went, what the fuck? Our <laughs> Spider-Man has been a fake this whole time. And so the original Spider-Man's like, I don't want to intrude on your lives because you've had this life. I haven't. So he changes his name to Ben Riley uh, as a tribute to Uncle Ben and so forth. And he dyes his hair blonde uh, and he starts having his own life. And supposedly he's the original Spider-Man who's been out of, you know, who's been hidden away for years. And he becomes the Scarlet Spider. He still has his powers. So does the other guy. They get along. Clone Pete and Ben Riley are pals. They're like, you stay over there and we'll be over here. And the fans are like, we just don't like that concept (laughs) that all these isn't helping. (laughs) Yeah. All these years of stories. And we've been reading about a clone and the clone married MJ. So Mm. then they did a retcon where they're like going, just kidding. Turns (laughs) out the Ben Riley clone really was the clone. I mean, it wasn't the original. And so they swap it out. And then basically it was Marvel going, we're very sorry, readers. We're very <laughs> sorry to have upset you. Yeah. Um, so the clone saga is kind of infamous because it was a clever idea, but they just didn't anticipate how upset readers would be. Um, and it's kind of the same thing here. It's like, yeah, it would suck if we get a Jack Crusher that we haven't been hanging out with. And he's like, I've been held by the changelings for 20 years or something. And well, here, here's another possibility too, that I'm that ready. I'm ready. Maybe, there, maybe there Hold is on. a, Hold on. I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. Maybe, maybe there is only one Jack Crusher, but he has been half or partial. Half? Well, you know, he he's, he's been 
a changeling or at least, you know, some kind of changeling DNA in him this whole time. But, you know, that, that would, that would be a little cleaner. So I just don't like the idea. This similar to the clone thing you're talking about for sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't you like are the, really struggling had... with it. And it's all just a fan theory of mine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to my control. Uh, this, this is all obviously uh, part of the writing that they're deliberately confusing us right now, but I don't, you know, I don't like the idea. This would be like great- DC saying that actually Krypton never existed <laughs> and that Kal-El was a government project that got loose and he has these fake memories from a dead planet. That would Is be that, if, if, no, I'm just saying if DC that? did that, I'd be like, fuck you. And I'd be kicking shit over. Yeah. Cause I don't, we've already had these great character moments between Jack and Picard and the show. They could still be genuine. I want that to be the real Jack. But I know you do. So maybe but it's both. See, well, no, I think that even if it's the fake one, it doesn't mean that these interactions are fake because if he's a sleeper agent, he has no idea he's not the real Jack Crusher either. But it's like the real Jack didn't have it. That's the thing. Yeah. The real Jack but, didn't have it. But the emotional responses he's had to his mother and to Picard would still be totally genuine. And maybe he's just as shocked when it comes out like, I'm what now? Yeah, yeah. The, the, and the, the, I'm supposed the, to kill everybody? The thing so I don't like is like, if, Jack we're Crusher, intro- we like. If, well, if we're introduced to another Jack Crusher who hasn't had those yeah. that character development. I know. That's what I'm not going to like. That just means Picard's got two boys and they hang out. It's going to be awesome. He's like, Jack, Jack two, let's go to the movies. And they just hang out and drink beers. It'll be awesome. So that's why I'm saying if there is going to be a second Jack, they've kind of got to introduce him like now. Quick Google search the actor. See if he has a twin, because if he has a twin, (laughs) it's like they'll do a whole thing where they don't even have to split screen. It'll just be literally the two brothers going, who are you now? I'm you. (laughs) What? So do do you, do you have a, what is your prediction? Do you think there's going to be, I I actually, well, I mean, since that was my theory, I think it will be a, a unknowing changeling double agent. But do you think the real um, Jack will be dead or in stasis? I, that's somewhere? the thing I can't predict. Yeah. I do agree it would be awkward to shoehorn it in. I think uh, if he's not, because then it would be like, well, who? how are they going to deal with? How is he going to deal with? Probably he's dead. But it'll probably be a thing where Beverly and Picard at the end of it are like, we accept you because you are like our son. So we're not going to hold the fact that you are actually a changeling against you. Um, we think you're just awesome. And let's go to Riker's planet and have some of those freshly made pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that, too. And I, I kind of that, that that is kind of interesting, it would too, simplify because it takes to be grim. But it would simplify it if they the changelings just like we don't need biological Jack Crusher, we got his DNA code. Now the changeling has it. So get rid of the original. And this is the only one that exists. It also kind of would address you know, the very sort of convenient idea of, well, this is Picard's son. You know, now we've got Picard Jr. who is going to continue. But he know. would be. I have but a he, feeling but he that is, and, but, changeling but he would say, be. I'm not going to change. Sure, sure, sure. This is who I feel I am. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I agree. He's probably going to continue as Jack Crusher, but probably yeah. not take the name Picard, for example. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which would be Jack okay, Picard. but that would be Jack like, Picard. I'm Ray Skywalker. You know, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. No, <laughs> I mean, I just, 
the thing that kills me about the the sequel trilogy is there are good ideas in there and there are good characters and they fuck them up. It's just like with the Star Trek reboot. I think the actors are great. Daisy Ridley all day long. She had me from the first scene, but I, I felt bad for her. Some of the stuff they give her to say, and it's like the way they did Poe and Finn, just that ought to be, there ought to be a law because they were such great characters and they get, they get nothing. Well, in her character, especially it's sad because they, they never really knew what her character was until like they wrote the last script or at least they wouldn't, they weren't in agreement about who they she weren't was. in agreement. And uh, I, the whole well, thing that you... Ryan Johnson was trying to do in, in last Jedi was to get rid of the idea of it being a family line chosen one King Arthur kind of story. Mm-hmm. It's like Ray is extremely powerful and a new Jedi, but she doesn't need to be connected to the Skywalkers at all. And I loved that. And mm-hmm. she's actually not even in the end, but making her a Palpatine product still you're like, yeah. dude, stop it. It should not just be that two families essentially have been the light and the dark of that universe forever. Ray should have remained the child of nobodies, but who rises to her own destiny. Oh, anyway, anyway. I'm angry. <laughs> now I'm angry. We've now talked for 48 hours about this, so we didn't even get to Mando. No, yeah, no, that's that's fine because uh, Picard is a is a is a filling meal. Yeah. So maybe maybe uh, next month when Picard is done, we'll come back and revisit. Agreed. This topic and see if we were right about Jack Crusher. Yeah, <laughs> I have really upset you. <laughs> No, no, I'm, I'm intrigued. Now. The wheels I, are spinning in the I, noggin. I figured there had to be some kind of changeling DNA. Well, they were in him. They, all these hints with his weird visions. Yeah. Um, and how upsetting was it with, you know, the one with him in the where it opens with him slaughtering the crew and he's wearing the Starfleet uniform. And then later in the episode, it's like, put that on. He's like, uh, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and that went on for eight minutes. Literally. <laughs> no, no, no. Who <laughs> was the old timey character who was in the cartoon? Sometimes we go, no, no, no. Oh, that was the, um, the bashful vulture. I can't yeah. remember what his name was, <laughs> but he went, oh, no, 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 I love uh, Warner Brothers cartoons, uh, stupid characters, because they did stupid characters better than anybody. Yeah. I love that guy, and I love the, the, oh, I like a whole lot of lumps. The lion that gets, like, how many lumps of sugar do you want in your tea? He's like, oh, I like a whole lot of lumps. Better give me a lot of lumps. A whole lot of lumps. And then they smack him on the head. Oh God, so good. The the, the 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 ones that are sort of redoing the uh, of 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 mice and men. Oh the, yeah, 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 yeah. George, gee, George, you're real smart, aren't you, George? Yeah, yeah, real smart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the big dopey guy in the little. Smart. I will stroke him and pet him and name him George. George. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is them making fun of Lon Chaney Jr.'s performance. Go on, George. We're going to have a little place. We're going to have a little place. <laughs> 
which actually is the only good thing he ever did as far as an actor, but in the classic of Mice and Men movie with Burgess Meredith. And then down in a flat, we're going to have a field of alfalfa for the rabbits. And I get to tend the rabbits. But yes, and I will stroke him and pet him and call him George. I ain't nobody rabbit! <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's a weird note to go out on. Um, <laughs> let's wrap up because, again, I'm hungry. But I, the thing that we did talk all about Star Trek today and a lot about Picard, but the reason is if you guys aren't out at there aren't watching it, season three of Picard is better than most of the Star Trek movies that have come out. It's very satisfying. I mean, more so if you were a crazy fan of Next Generation. But even if you weren't, Come on, man. It's just yeah. so good. It's good sci-fi, including them thinking their way out of some stuff. That whole thing with them floating kind of powerless and then then opening up the to catch the waves of energy from I'm like, Jesus Christ. And then it's that a was brand classic new track. Yeah. Classic track. And then that is the birth of a brand new cosmic species. And it's like new life to explore and i'm like oh god the chills the goosebumps when yeah. when that that was crusher who says it's like a to seek out new life and i'm yeah. like stop it yeah they are almost literally hitting all the right notes all the right notes mm. so, except for that b flat yeah very mm. out of that was like mm, just, yeah. not what i wanted <laughs> all right well um i i will leave our because we action items you brought that up and i've never really thought about that let us know guys if you were enjoying picard season three yes also an alternative question and this one came written in from one of our listeners as a suggestion from i need to check it from oh uh sure sure uh this listener would like to know uh do you believe in life after love <laughs> I was like, wait, I don't think I've seen that. Did you see how far I went for that damn joke? Yeah. Cher would like to know if you believe in life after love. So please let us know if you're watching and enjoying Picard season three and if you believe in life after love. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's like I killed your will to live. <laughs> Thank you. Every week. <laughs> okay thank All you right. ladies and gentlemen we will see you next week we will.